Hey everyone, this is Blue Jays, host of NFT Hype. NFT Hype covers the hottest projects in the NFT world. Get to know their communities and brings you down the rabbit hole of non-fungible tokens. We are sponsored by CryptoSlam. Are you an NFT collector? See where you stand on CryptoSlam.io. In today's show, we have Rob Allen from AlienWorlds.io, a really hot project. Check out a preview of what's to come. The existing things that this whole concept of gray aliens is that there's a very long and detailed history around it, which is really weird how it's become so much within a collective consciousness rather than just people having completely different views. You have a lot of people really just going towards, there's like four or five different types of aliens that often get um, highlighted as, okay, this is what an alien looks like. Enjoy the show. All right. Well, welcome to NFT Hype, Robert. Big Mike again. Uh, today we're doing kind of like a different show, I guess. Uh, we're drilling down into one of the projects uh, on Wax, um, Alien Worlds, and uh, this team that started Alien Worlds has a, a long history in um, in decentralized organizations. I think DAOs and DAX and things like that. And Alien Worlds is based around that. So we kind of want to go down that rabbit hole, but also just kind of talk about the storyline of Alien Worlds as well. So Robert can, and Mike, what do you guys think about this topic? I, I think you were saying, Mike, that you could talk about this forever, huh? I mean, I just wonder where the whole Ioshi thing came from. And like, why, <laughs> like you named like all the planets, what you did and like what's behind all the card names. And like, I just figured that like, I mean, you guys had to make all this stuff up. So at some point you probably like had some ideas around, you know, how that happened or wait, or who said it was made up? Or, well, I mean, obviously, you know, as a creator, like you kind of had to just have to throw stuff at the wall and uh, see what I mean, sticks, it, right? So. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's one of those things that we, we're obviously telling it through a story and yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's fairly fair to say that it's it's made up to a degree. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't claim to be a time traveler back from 2055. So, oh, man, you bursted uh, my bubble. I, I know, I know, <laughs> but, but but we can say that um, there there might be some truth around it within the simulation sense. Ooh, interesting. Um, and what we um, what what we're actually quite keen on is that Alien Worlds is effectively a simulation of a future or one possible possible future, which um, which also feeds in with an awful lot of other things which people have or humankind has built into its collective consciousness already around the possibility of wormholes and alien connections and. Being, things being linked in through some kind of algorithms and exoplanets far away and different alien species, which, uh, I mean, the, the aliens we generally have within alien worlds are the ones which you'll find in most of the literature about aliens. So it's kind of, it's kind of really trying to tie into that type of, um, it, it builds upon existing collective consciousness um, style. Existing lore. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. so existing things that this whole concept of gray aliens is that there's a very long and detailed history around it, which 
it's really weird how it's become so much within a collective consciousness rather than just people having completely different views. You have a lot of people really just going towards, there's like four or five different types of aliens that often get um, highlighted as, okay, this is what an alien looks like. And that, that's, that's really interesting to me in particular that, that why would we suddenly come up that, okay, there's going to be this, that there's always got to be the kind of lizard man style alien and there's always got to be the gray alien and there's always got, got to be the kind of robotic, technically advanced alien whenever you look at it. So there's, there's always some collective stuff there. And I think, I mean, I, I've had a very long um, interest in sci-fi and the, these types of things and they've been a very avid reader for many many years so 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 there's an awful lot of influences around some of the classic sci-fi stuff that, that's sat around there um i think and you guys draw from that yeah the the, the oshis I, I mean i think i i always love this idea that that of Satoshi is, is like the great iconic figure within blockchain. And I, I just love this whole idea that maybe Satoshi was just like one of the Oshis. Maybe there's a lot more <laughs> Oshis out there. And maybe alien. And then there's other Oshis out there but who have different things. So we've got we've got the concept of Aoshi, which is kind of artificial intelligence Oshi. He's the supreme leader of the Yoshis, and uh, Satoshi was one of his emissaries to, to help the humans build Bitcoin, which would then help them uncover the um, unusual information that's hidden within different algorithms for mining, which would then help you design up something to, to go and interface with wormholes. It's kind of, kind of around that. There's a little bit of, say, maybe... Um, contact within that and maybe a little bit of stuff that, that's that's linked around with a bit of stuff that Arthur C. Clarke came across back in the day. Uh, but but yeah it's a there's a there's a few different influences which which did you did you read uh you said you read science fiction right yeah yeah what what are what are some of your favorite authors um well <laughs> I said that I, I I I always like the classic stuff. So I was I was always much more on on the likes of Heidman and um, obviously Clark's and Isaac Asimov type stuff. So so there's I mean there's a there's a lot of very interesting stuff that's coming um, coming out from um, Asian authors now around um, sci-fi, but um, it yeah I, I I kind of always like the old classics and I liked yeah I. I mean, obviously, I, I love, grew up on Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Star Wars, you know, so, as well. Is that why I always see you in the, uh, in the William Shatner, Shatner channel? Yeah, yeah. Of, course. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all, all a big part of my childhood. So, uh, and I think a lot of people. Uh, I, I, I never actually ever, you know, wore Trekky clothes or dressed up like that, but. <laughs> But but if if there was some sort of Star Trek type thing around, I probably around where I lived, I probably would have liked it. But yeah, we, we didn't have stuff like that. Around, so. Yeah, so I guess it, ha it all has to have a game around it, and um, 
so why just i i'm not 100 into alien worlds i i see it around and i have some land but what's the point of mining is it just one game is there more to come Oh, there's a lot about it. I mean, it was always envisioned as being having all sorts of different things going on. So, so I always tried from from the very beginning to say that this isn't a game. This is kind of like a system, an interconnected set of things where there's different incentives everywhere, and people can build different games on top and do different things. So that was the whole idea. That it was never supposed to be just like a game and a, a thing. It was supposed to be, let's build up a whole place. And I mean, I always like the term metaverse, but metaverse has been a bit taken over by the idea of people running around the space in 3D and that type of thing. Whereas really what we're looking at is kind of an economic version of a metaverse or the foundational levels of a metaverse, which, which can be built, built upon. I mean, the, you, you see, uh, I don't know if you've read much of the sort of metaverse stuff that's, that's around, like Snow Crash or, um, or, or the stuff that Tim Sweeney's been writing around a lot in blogs as well. But, I mean, eventually we're going to get this Ready Player One style setup going on. I, I think, I think yeah. it's pretty clear that that's where a lot of things are probably going. It won't be exactly like that, but but we're going to end up with a lot of that. You see, VR is kind of at that level now where that maybe consoles were like 20, 30 years ago. I mean, it, lots of people have their Oculus Rift or, or Oculus Quest, whatever it is now. Yeah. And... And they love it. Uh, but it's quite limited on what you can do, and you're not going to be spending all your life in it at the moment. But give it another 10, 20 years, it, we're going to be looking at a very different space. 20 years ago, you didn't see people looking at their phones for eight hours a day. Um, yeah. In the same way, you, you're not seeing people using VR headsets eight hours a day, but maybe 20 years' time, because will be the case. And then I guess it, it depends on the like the planet that we live on at that period of time too, right? <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we don't end up with like that Ready Player One like dystopian universe. Yeah, right? like, I mean we, we've always got to hope it's not going to be totally dystopian. Right? I mean, people might look at us now and the societies we live in now, and they might actually view it as very dystopian because there, there's an awful lot of controls and a lot of surveillance and things around. Mm. But there's there's also a lot of freedom and. Uh, and so it's kind of this funny mix and and often these futuristic visions they have this sense of um like one terrible outcome out there and and then everybody spreads within it but i, I think everything's very rich and multifaceted so we'll probably see like some people living their ready player one like that or and, and lots of other people living a far better lifestyle than, than that what, well then, and at the end of the movie too, they use the or like the the whole oasis to actually influence the real world. So there was yeah, like exactly. a, a well, well, like, too, right? So maybe we don't get to that point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. I, I doubt. I if if you turn it off on Tuesday, then I'm sure someone will set up the Tuesday oasis and take the whole market. Um, but it's it, so so. I doubt that one one company. In fact, Martin. My view is that that type of metaverse thing is going to be every 
all these different things linking up together. So there's no, not going to ever be like one person in control of stuff. It's going to be, my view is that it's going to be this whole rich tapestry of different things, which, which are going to be. I, this is not actually the first time I've heard that. And, and I think that's the way it's going. All of these metaverses, whether it's a 3D world or a system like like Alien Worlds has kind of building out an economic found like transactional system underneath. Yeah, you're right. Like, how does that look in, in two years? Like, what does that look like? Well, exactly. It's, um, I mean, what, what we're seeing is they, they start saying things like, okay, Roblox, Minecraft, whatever. I mean, uh, the, the thing you see today out there is Roblox is this 40 billion bet on the metaverse because what they're saying is all right, loads of people will just run around Roblox and they'll interact and do all sorts of things within there and it will develop more going forward. But you're not going to get the whole world just playing Roblox. Lots of people want to play other things instead of Roblox and Roblox can't cover everything. So, so it's kind of like some people will play a Roblox stuff, some people just go around hundreds of different Minecraft servers. Other people will go into Sandbox or Decentraland if they ever really um, pull off what they want to do, which is debatable. Um, and so other people will go into fancier spaces or stuff like Epic Games will produce a, a kind of more rich, world which people actually go around and with all their fancy avatars and money and stuff and and then you're going to have all of these things potentially interfacing and and then the question is how do they actually how, how do you actually get this connectivity between things do you without having nfts or transactional um, some kind of transactional currencies and things for doing stuff so NFTs are this kind of, if you have an NFT in a particular space, potentially you can take it elsewhere. It has different powers somewhere else. It has, yeah, and it's almost like once you start thinking about living in a digital space more, then NFTs have more and more power because mm -hmm. that's the stuff you own. It's, uh, you, you might go there now that you've got your prized thing that you currently own, like your trophy for this, or your um, that you've got your physical trading card for this, or you've, you, you've got some particular item that you go, oh, this is my prized possession. And with the way that the world is now in the digital world now, you're going to have to see that most people's prized possessions will be their digital items. And that's, that's a, a fundamental shift that all of a sudden the economy becomes focused around digital items rather than physical items. And that's a whole different way of being. And but I think it's like it's gonna change a lot. With with our space shrinking too in this world and like and, and more and more people and stuff, I mean it, it only makes sense that we would wanna kind of get rid of the physical um Hoarding style, you know, like get, get like, rid of. We the, just don't have enough room. To create all this right. waste. So, like, we'll just put it all on a blockchain somewhere, and then safe there. So we're good. Yeah, so it's almost that blockchain is more environmentally friendly than than <laughs> Well, some are more environmentally friendly than others. Yes, yes. I mean, I think it is. Is this? I've seen some of the latest commentary has been around. 
uh, NFTs are evil because um, they destroy the environment and stuff. And what? They, well, yeah, yeah, we use electricity well, yeah. for NFTs. Yeah, because uh, what, what they're basically saying is um, Ethereum uses up all this and the NFTs, therefore, minting your Ethereum NFT uses up this massive amount of electricity, so it's evil. Um, well, I, I think those of us in the wax space can't disagree with that sentiment at all, right? Well, exactly. Hey, breaking down walls, not building them up. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember um, back, back in the day, there was an initiative on the EOS chain around making it carbon neutral. Right. The authority um, yes. led that. And, and it was actually successful. And they they got everyone to sign up or they got a load of block producers to sign up for, um, you know, to buy carbon credits around it and effectively make the EOS chain carbon neutral. And that had like no press about it whatsoever. No, nobody ahead of its time, it. to be honest. It was so ahead of its time. And I mean, WAC could, I mean, very, very minimally um, do, do a similar thing and make itself carbon neutral, which would mm -hmm. actually be a really nice thing as well. But when they're saying about all this, these issues around blockchain and energy and stuff, it would actually be quite a nice thing. But, but, but I'm a bit busier. <laughs> Lead that type of thing anymore. But maybe you it, can it, sort of integrate cool. that within the alien world's lore somehow. Maybe, maybe we should. Maybe yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, <sighs> I think that you did say about a bit about DAO stuff and yeah. how that came about. And I think, I mean, I'm happy to talk on that. that that's well. actually one of the most interesting parts to me. Like I, I'm not a big miner, uh, yeah. but I would like to participate in governance. So talk, ah. about, talk about that and how that's going to look. Yes, absolutely. Right. So obviously the, the team that, built out alien worlds thus far effectively came together through EOS stack which was has quite a long history on the EOS chain um, and dropped even onto Ethereum before EOS was even a chain and uh, had all sorts of fun and games moving over tokens and oh, I remember that and, and setting up and and then setting up the DAC and then having all sorts of governance issues left, right, and center around it as well. And, uh, uh, but still functioning, still trying to build stuff. And and so certainly Michael Yeats, who I'm sure most of you viewers are familiar with. He's he, a good friend of the show. Yeah, I mean, he's, um, he, he is one of the um, top people in, in the space. And he's... Um, he really led the development and stuff around these DAGs in on EOS, and we we wanted to see. I mean, obviously, Wax being in the ESO chain, it would it seems like a really good idea to try and bring the DAC factory over to Wax, but things, but. You know what, the, the DAC factory was always designed around the idea of like business use or DAP use or that sort of thing. Whereas WAX is more about, you know, games and more fun stuff. So, so we, when, when we were kind of discussing it in the early stages of Alien Worlds, we said, well, it would be great if we could actually have 
you know, planets as DAOs and we could have some economic measures around it and there would all be this like economic incentives everywhere and, and having lots of competing mm-hmm. DAOs in a gamified sense and that would actually be um, like quite a fun way to get people to start to engage with this whole DAO concept. Right. Um, just before you go on, uh, just for some of the viewers who may not know about DAC Factory, that was a that was some software that you guys had produced that would enable uh, anybody who would use that software to to create their own suite of tools needed to to run a DAC, which is a decentralized autonomous community. Right. Yeah. 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 How, how we always termed it was decentralized autonomous community. For C element, there has um, it can be many things. People have called it corporation. People have called it um, what council or something. And, and, and there's there's various things that people have. We, we've always called it community. Um, and to be honest, we've now kind of moved across to calling it um, them DAOs because, uh, well, especially on wax because. Most most of the groups who push the idea are calling it DAO, so we kind of we, we found that it's it's easier for people to understand if we just call it DAO at the moment. So the so the five planets are each six a DAO, planet, six, six planets, planet, and there may be another planet, but that's a that's a different thing, and they won't have land on it. So, but <laughs> the six. The six planets, Ooh, that was an interesting one. (laughs) (laughs) So six planets. And and so one of the questions I asked before was, how did you guys name these planets? Ah, ah, there's actually a reason there. These are all actually names of real exoplanets. So if if you go onto the exoplanet list, um, that's out there. I mean, NASA's what tracking like four thousand different exoplanets now, but um, most most of them are all just names of exoplanets, and also they're, they're short names of exoplanets. Because what we had is we had the dot world um, short name on Wax, right? So that gave us six characters to play with. So we had to pick right. out the ones which were six characters and, and we tried to pick ones which were relatively looked relatively hospitable but we, we actually just went for names which sounded best um, so, but, but they're all taken from there so so for instance and a load of them how the exoplanet naming co- convention is it is that a load of these exoplanets were actually named by different countries so um so for instance magor is I think, uh, if, if my memory serves me right, is um, what Hungary decided to name its planet because Magor is like something within some of their mythology somewhere. So, so, right. so, so um, those are countries, um, I think at least 100 countries had uh, got to name a particular exoplanet according to something that they wanted to do and, and different ones have different competitions on it. So uh, for instance, Ike is actually near in uh, in a la- in some particular language somewhere, so because it's quite near. Like, the real IKEA is actually quite close. Um, mm. So it's uh, 
So, so, so that's how they all got their names, was they, um, they simply were pulled from a list of being nice sounding planet names, which were actual exoplanet lists. So hopefully we won't get um, anyone coming back and saying, that, why, why have you gone and represented our exoplanet like that? <laughs> I don't think anyone has any actual claims on it. So. Oh, I bet you now someone's going to go dig up the lore for each one of them. Based on <laughs> yes, their yes. Own well, there is a little bit. There's country, a little right? bit of lore that put in place, I mean, uh, around it. But it's, um, you know, what we've we've often kept things a little bit flexible because we really want people to be able to put their own things on top of it. So there's there's, mm -hmm. you know, some base lore there, but there's it's not really hard and fixed so that it opens up a little bit of creative freedom and, and I think one thing we're going to be doing in the near future is opening up some competitions around fan fiction to try and build it out some more as well on the on cool game. interesting and there's some there's some cool stuff happening with um Minecraft soon too right like well yeah um, I mean that's that's in collaboration with the uplift world guys um who obviously are doing some great stuff on Minecraft, and um, and we're we're definitely working with them on getting some uplift lands and perhaps uplift servers actually mapping out some of the alien worlds and having some some quite um, interesting spaces and potential crossovers with them. That's cool. So so yeah, I think it's it's always been a ambition to try and get. Um, like Minecraft and potentially Ark, which is this dinosaur game that has open source servers as well, um, to have things like that integrated into the whole reward system and the whole um, the whole thing, so that it doesn't become just about mining. It's about okay, you can earn trillion, you know, play Minecraft and doing some things on Minecraft, or you can earn trillion. In there and that that would depend on what the planet wants to do around its, mm -hmm. its setup. Now you mentioned something uh, in a couple of minutes ago about uh, the planets reflecting the native, the actual exoplanet uh, terrain. Is that true? Is or no, no, no. Right. So uh, that it is. That is a little bit um, creative license. Okay, got you. The the. Um, the reality is, if you look at exoplanets and you start delving into them, most of them are completely uninhabitable hellholes. Yeah, so so they, they they would be a lot more like Venus or Jupiter or whatever else than than Earth. So the, these are all, you know, a, a nice um, <laughs> for for the thing of what an interesting well. Uh, to use the Star Trek terminology, like class M planet would be that that would um, be able to sustain life of some sense or another, and so it, it kind of goes within those those things. Even though Magor was chosen as being the more violent and more um, more volcanic one, because that just seems better for it. So. It seems like. Um... It seems like a collab between Shatner and Alien Worlds it would be so awesome, right? Like, you should tweet oh, at the guy. I, I, I have reached out, but oh, okay, <laughs> so, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not always easy. Look, we um, with any of us, we we are really looking at. We 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 love crossovers. Yes. We've been really trying to get um, link up with other groups. We've had had a Cogs astronaut come in. We've had the horrors bats and things. We've had another crypto, crypto monkeys. Crypto monkeys is. I mean, they're they're an amazing group. Uh, and and the stuff they did up was all completely independent. It was it, it, it was um, really cool. But um, well, you guys actually just made Crypto Monkeys NFTs in your set too, right? Did you? Yes. We, well, we, we yeah. did because they've been so active. We just went, well, can we do some some official stuff with you? Yeah. It's yeah, cool. Which is awesome. And I think that going forward, we actually there's we've. We, we, we've got some big plans around some bigger IPs that we really want to tie up with and potentially bring to it to wax or other uh, other um, setups as well so that that's stuff that we're, we're going to be looking at and going to be seeing how we can integrate it nicely but I, I can't I can't disclose any details yet but in the next few months we're, we're definitely going to be seeing some interesting IP announcements around awesome. We can't wait for that. That'll be really fun. Uh, I think there's going to be a I, lot of. I, I, I think I think it will be very interesting to people, and um, hopefully bringing the whole new demographic as well. Oh, a new demographic. That's a small hint. That's mm. good. <laughs> and do you consider a different? Uh, do you consider Ethereum people in the demographic, or they are potentially a new demographic? Um, but Ethereum people are. We we kind of see them as some of that core demographic, to be honest. Right. Okay. Um, I was just so trying to get more information we, out of you. We are a, <laughs> because nice we, we, we do always present ourselves, um, and, and uh, it's for, for a good reason that we present ourselves as being Ethereum and Wax because we 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 want to try and be cross-platform as well. Um, we, we we know Wax is absolutely fantastic for um, being able to have a lot of transactions and being able to do some really cool things around the contracts of NFTs and integration and mutable attributes and playing around with them and, and having all this stuff on chain. But I mean, we also respect that Ethereum and other chains um, have a lot of pluses as well. So, so we, we, we're really trying to be cross-chain in a creative way that's going to... Uh, be able to make it so that we, we use different chains for what they're supposed to be used for. Um, Ethereum, for instance, people love storing their stuff and trading um, speculative tokens on, on, on Ethereum. And, the, and they love high value stuff being stored there where they can keep it nice and secure. So, so it's very, very big possibility that some, some higher value link ups and stuff may well end up on Ethereum in the future. Mm -hmm. And certainly quite quite a lot of tokens we, we expect to be on Ethereum in the future as well. Because TLM already can move to Ethereum right now, that's, right? That's absolutely correct. There is already a fair amount of TLM on Ethereum. Um, cool. oh, okay. well, hang on, that's news to me. What what, what does that mean? That, that means, means a that lot. Means that, that, um, that TLM is a cross-chain token. You can teleport it from Wax to Ethereum and back again. So you can is hold that code a... open source. Sorry, is that code open source? 
Um, no, well, I'm not sure exactly if it's open source, but there's definitely, um, we, we've got contracts um, and I'll have to double check if it's actually open source, but it, how, how it works is that we've got um, effectively a teleport contract on Wax and we've got a teleport contract on Ethereum and um, calling those actions will move it across them. And we've actually got oracles in place, which will read from those contracts and then work out what, what's supposed to happen on them. It essentially just wraps the item in the other chain and then that's, stores that's it like right. an escrow contract, right? That, that's exactly right, yeah. And then the thing that really excites me about that is then, and that pretty much means that any fungible token on WAX or any EOS IO chain in general can now be imported to Ethereum. Yeah. Yes, uh, and and I think that's that that this whole cross chain element is um, is something we're going to see a lot more of in the future as well. Because, but uh, if you've got a load of um, Ethereum tokens, which which a lot of people do, and you have a place that you store them or you want to put them into your trading pool or liquidity pool or whatever, then you, you generally do it on Ethereum. And you, you generally, it's nice to have everything set up there and trying to manage all these different things separately is, is hard for people. So it's quite nice to be able to move it across there and potentially have different dynamics there. Sort of keeping it for security aspects, keeping it perhaps for some of the speculative aspects and, and then having the actual actions and other gameplay going on on Wax or other chains, which might well um, have some link ups and times as well. Yeah, so I, I actually see the, the real value is, is taking an NFT, a Wax NFT and putting it over to the Ethereum chain. Um, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we haven't got that ready yet. Um, I think, you know, Wax have said they're going to have some kind of um, setup for that. So I'm not, yeah, so, but we're not wanting to reinvent the wheel exactly on that. Yeah. And vice versa, I believe. Yeah. To yeah. So, so definitely bringing, bringing Ethereum ones across to Wax and, and sending them the other way. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops because. Obviously, the costs on Ethereum are pretty huge, so it's going to have to be high-value pieces um, all the time for that. But there are a few high-value pieces around, as we know. So. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, is like there there are high-value pieces, and if you're on Ethereum, and then there's low-value pieces on Wax. Now, if they all kind of can transfer back and forth, <laughs> then uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it, it there's definitely high value items on on wax as well. Right. Well, you know your, your land must be um, considered quite quite highly now, and um, on top top of that, there's there, there are a lot of wax NFTs which have gone for what at least uh, many five figures, even six figures wax now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think last night, uh, even a, a one of one gold uh, Elon Musk uh, gold card, a GPK one, went for around six grand. So that was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, so so it's not quite in the like people world or the um, uh, or 
what's going on with crypto punks, but it's but but I, I mean I'm not I'm not completely convinced that that's all real anyway. So I oh, think oh, a yeah. lot of stuff on wax is is very real, and it, uh, I think if if you see these transactions taking place and there's no real marketplace fees being paid in it, and it's just going between two accounts and. You, you kind of uh, there's a little bit of suspicion there when you start looking at millions of dollars being sent across for for a few pixels. This is true. I mean, a lot of people had a lot of peace early, and now they have a lot of money, right? So it's, I guess it's easier for them to buy stuff for exorbitant yeah. prices as well, too. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think this probably is something there. But if you if you do have 10,000 ETH or something, then spending a few ETH on something doesn't feel like spending a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, and even though it is pretty insane amounts of money, whereas <laughs> a lot of people on WAX um, pro probably don't have the same type of feeling about their, um, <laughs> uh, about their monetary situation. Yeah, well, until lately, WAX hadn't had any real significant gains to speak of for quite a long time, right? So. Yeah, so coming back to the to alien worlds, like mm. what can we expect coming out soon? I know well, that you can reveal from a lore perspective, from a gameplay perspective. Right, yes, yes. So right, coming soon. Um, right, so the um, governance side, which, which is interesting, is going to be um, an interesting one in the next, uh, hopefully the next week or so. We're going to be pulling out the um, candidate registration. So you're going to be able to go and put yourself forward as a candidate on four particular planetary go governments. Um, and so that, that's all going to be released coming very soon. Um, and then obviously it will, it will take time. It will be a process where people will put through themselves forward as candidates, then we'll have you, you know a bit of husting stuff going on and then We'll start opening up voting, and then eventually it will it will be unlocked. And they, they'll probably be unlocked, you know, on the basis of highest stake first, and then uh, planet first, and then they'll gradually. So, so, is every planet going to have its own uh, website, or is it one website with all the planets underneath it? All oh, right. So, for the actual governments um, setup, it's going to be one planet with. Uh, sorry, one website. For the whole of the governments, um, but obviously each one's got its own sections. Okay. Um, that's its default. That's the kind of thing we offer. But remember, the planets are going to be DAOs, so they're going to have their own um, pots because already they've been filling up big pots of trillion, um, which they've been default sending through to the mining games. <laughs> Uh, now that's going to be start to become theirs to choose what they, how they start to do it, and whether they want to start offering DeFi rewards or whether they want to start having, um, you know, other reasons for people who want to come and stake to them, or whether they simply just want to take the money off and and, and run away with it or something and be there. That is is basically the down there, but they're competitive. So obviously, if you're wanting to be part of a planet or want to run a planet. You want your planet to be as successful as possible. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to try and 
get people really interested in staking more to your planet and give them the right rewards to do so. So, so it's kind of otherwise, otherwise they won't vote for you. <laughs> well, that's the thing that they won't vote for you or they won't stake to you. And so yeah. then you have to worry about, okay, well, our planet isn't, no, nobody's coming to our planet anymore because we, we aren't giving them anything. We're over, over on Neri, the crypto monkeys are giving them lots of bananas. So, mm-hmm. hey, that's, um, it's far better to go over there. Or they're actually, that they're giving back their rewards or they're having some DeFi program or they've actually bought another game over here that's, that's more fun to play than mine and they're rewarding people on that. So, so, so it's going to be interesting to see how that competitive dynamic works and to see how these incentives work. And quite frankly, we, we don't know. We're, we're actually, um, we're, we don't know, or we, we haven't expected a load of things which have already happened and already uh, of, of factions organizing around it. So we're, we're going to be really interested to see what happens in the future. It, it's sort of like you just guys are just building out the tools and seeing what the community does with it, right? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And, um, and, you know, trying to support and incentivize the community as much as possible to do really cool things. What's the cabal doing these days, Mike? We have eyes on Cabian, as per usual. Um, we're we're uh, working on some incentivization programs to try and um, keep up with the crypto monkeys because they've definitely been uh, doing quite well lately. So we need to address that, obviously. Um, and we're excited for governance. Uh, I'm definitely running for Cabian Council. Oh. I think Anyo is, and uh, a couple of other people. So yeah, the, the cabal is. Uh, very excited for going. Oh wow! So, so Mike, what's the platform <laughs> that you're running on there? Uh, my platform is TLM for the people. <laughs> okay, well, that's an easy one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we want to give we want to give some some TLM back to miners and make them want to come visit us more often. So that's definitely uh, one of my one of my platforms, and we want to incentivize um, the council as well to keep putting out all the good work so we're definitely going to probably give ourselves a little jump too and uh, we'll see what happens you know <laughs> a little bit for you a little bit for me all right i got exactly. it exactly a little, a little bit of, you know it's gonna be really interesting to see because it, it's it's probably like in in the world there are lots of different ideas about how you run things and some people love this idea of like like everything Everything should just go back to the people and everything should be self-organized and whatever else. And, and then they suddenly go, oh, hang on, but uh, we need this and we need this. Oh, let's pay for that and pay for that. And then all of a sudden they've, they, they've developed a government again. And, <laughs> Pretty and, much. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if some groups actually want to go off and do ambitious things with their, um, with their reserves. I mean, look. Should, should get a fairly fairly sizable amount of rewards to play with or, or pots to play with to um, potentially design up interesting things for people. So uh, Yeah, we're going to have a good head start on Cavian. I, I think Cavian has quite a nice <laughs> statue. So there's definitely a lot there that Cavian can potentially do if, it's, uh, if it mm-hmm. uses its incentives wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert, like, where do you see 
Alien Worlds in two years. Where? Uh, oh, right. Without giving the game away about some, some things which... Um, that, what, what, what I would love to see is that we would... Um, oh, yeah. That's a better question. Where would you like to see it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so I would like to see it um, having um, a lot of vibrant communities and different gameplay gamification experiences going on. So that it becomes a far richer um, system that has a, has a lot. Well, I mean, I certainly would like to see that we've built out the battling games, um, that we've built out um, good questing functionalities, that other people have built other games on top, and that there's like a thriving ecosystem of loads of people using different things and using it uh, for different purposes, uh, some of which we may not even know about. And we'd love to see more cross-chain interaction, so bringing in other chains and having some flow between the different chains and different experiences on different chains. And we'd love to see some interesting and exciting extra IPs brought into the whole ecosystem as well. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Sounds very exciting. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be a really good ride, and uh, we're, we're very excited about it. Yeah, and that's the thing about NFTs; they're just kind of fun, right? Like, you they know, yeah. imagine talking about DeFi all the time and well, DeFi <laughs> lore, you know? Like, yeah, there's there's not an awful lot there, is there? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, but but I mean, DeFi has its place, but. You see, DeFi. If you start adding NFTs with DeFi, it's not yeah. 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 So, so it's a it's a weird world we're living in right now. So yeah, uh, I, I really um, but I I didn't actually really go much into depth on the law. Now I'm thinking about it, but I'm sure we can have another session one day. Yeah, and you guys kind of already are doing DeFi too, right? I mean, yeah, I is using your NFTs but, for that. But we're kind of expecting the planets to. Have have a bit more of a DeFi type role, but uh, mm -hmm. they get the, the rewards. Then the staker they they give back the stakers interesting rewards, and that kind of is DeFi. So it's uh, yeah, we're going. We, we, we got, it's going to be interesting to see if planets kind of take up that challenge to develop interesting systems of rewarding people for staking. Well, let's see what uh, what the what it, the future holds. Uh, Robert, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we'll definitely have you back on because I think as things develop, this is a storyline and a lore that we want to keep on following. So Mike's a fan and I'm a fan. So let's let's do it again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, absolute, absolute pleasure. And it's always good to chat on these things. And, and hopefully I've, uh, I've shared some interesting stuff for you today. Yeah, yeah. always. And thank you again so much for joining us. Cool. Uh, absolute pleasure. Cool. Okay. Bye. Take care, Bye. guys. Bye.